Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yes, Hey girl, uh, how you feeling? Whatever. How are you? What's going on? I'm well. I'm feeling good. I um, had a very jam-packed weekend in which I am fully recovered. It had led me to a couple of days of mania and feeling very revved up. It all started with A Juneteenth event in Philadelphia that was just top tier, top tier. I know we joke about Philly being raggedy, and it is, but the beautiful black people, the young folks that showed up and showed out at this event, it was organized apparently by um, a bunch of Temple alum, Black Summer Soul Series um are the folks is the name of of the folks that are organizing these series of events throughout philly for the young black folks to gather and frolic and they did such a great job they had a juneteenth event in which sable vended but girl i'm telling you that i would be proud to have somebody that lives in new york come to an event like this because it was it it was given vibes it was given vibes it was given organization it was giving um just fun it was given intention it was given class it was really really a lot of fun i did that on the on saturday and the actual day of juneteenth it got real real militant and hoteppy in Malcolm X Park, we vended there as well. And oh the red, black, and green flags were flailing. <laughs> the niggas was out. You just passed by, like, there were vending tables, and there was just a lot of, what you got to understand, see, is that. <laughs> there was just a lot of that going on, which was just music to my ears. Um, not the same crowd. But again, just like a militant hotepi. It was range. They were given range on 52nd Street, Malcolm X Park, Memorial Park, okay? There was double dutch. There was a inebriated woman who kept trying to mess up the rope. It was it was wild. Mm. I saw I saw a grandma. And these women, this woman was probably like 56. I mean, she was black, so she could have been like 68 or 56. I don't know, between that range about to fight another 56 year old woman and all and all i heard the other one was like make my day make my day and then the (laughs) two women were holding back the grandma i'm like your granddaughter here don't do it and they're like old so they like weren't moving with a lot of force either it was just all out of like spittle being shared between each other and like 
but they showed off for the community um at both events though well all right so like the the saturday the young youthful join you know it was less family oriented you know it's just it was it's the beginning of a lot of um irresponsible actions maybe families were going to come from that event but whereas <laughs> sunday was like more family oriented mm -hmm. so on you know this is 2000 and 22, the swirls were everywhere. There were just little brown, curly-haired oh, babies everywhere. Like, the mixing of the races is is, is mainstream now, y'all. Shout out to Loving Day. <laughs> Stop. And now, <laughs> we have to reckon with, in a way I think we haven't had to reckon with before, these the mixing of the families right because there's these you have these brown kids and then you have the black parent and then the white parent what you gonna tell the white parent not to come what do you like if so anything, now you have a lot of white people participate like white moms white fathers you know got the brown baby on the shoulders walking in the juneteenth parade but it's i feel like optics yeah, I feel like op it's interesting optics, but I also feel like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because it's kind of like, don't we want them to understand the history, celebrate the history, take accountability for their ancestors' sins? Like, all kinds of, like, I think that's Taking a great... accountability and celebrating a Juneteenth. Or t I mean, it gets tricky, but we I think as the accountability nation, is celebrating it and acknowledging it and honoring it and saying, like, this is American history. Black history is American history. This is my child's history. I did. So, like, I I'd be, it. I'd be annoyed too. Like, don't go and make it about you though, and be the center of fucking attention. But if you want to come to the parade and celebrate and walk around with your fucking family, but I then the listen, I'm telling you, I know it's it tricky. Get, that's what I'm saying. I'm, but it, and more and more, that's what we're going to reckon with because these little brown kids here to stay. These little biracial babies. I don't like how you're saying These brown. Not everybody is brown from being biracial. I'm oh, sorry. I have privilege. I have my brown privilege. Yes, these, you do. These multi, these biracial babies are coming forth. <laughs> and these white folks are getting more and more sympathetic and hearing the woes of the black people and want to, like, participate. And then we like, but that was one thing. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. But then... You know, you got the black guy with his with his blonde girlfriend, oh. like grinding to what we do is wrong. Like as the Juneteenth, what are those firecrackers go off? And I was like, this is this is absurd. I you needed this to is take crazy. a video of that. I tried to, but I think he saw me. I have it on my phone actually. <laughs> I think he saw me. That's a part of the stories tomorrow. Cause that's a whole other story of like, girl. Nigga. How do you grind to what we do? Not, like I said, it, she did. She, it wasn't with the fire with Juneteenth firecrackers going on. It just. It also, just what felt, we do is terrible. It's not about liberation. It gets the people going though. I know. You should. You would have been song. so happy. That's how they ended it with just Philly, just back to back Philly <laughs> songs, and the whole crowd was going crazy. So. I'm just calming down from that. Like, I just 
crashed. I was like up. I couldn't she calm said, down. I, I went just, out twice, back to back. And it took me It was me that out and it just week. like work. Yeah, it was <laughs> just like just the grind of it and talking to people. I was like, what the fuck? Um, I also had the pleasure. I don't know if you guys missed this. <laughs> but um, I find, I've, I've been wanting this for a really long time. It's a, it's a gallon. It's if a you measured. If Patreon, you can see what she has in her hand. <laughs> it is a measured gallon water bottle you know this is like one thing that i would never treat myself to but i had the pleasure of going on devin zoolander's podcast in the beginning of the week as well and he is a he is a character and i mm-hmm. love him i love i love people that are their themselves like mm-hmm just earnest unabashedly just his fucking self and that's who he was and he's like thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh, uh, i want to give you these gifts it's between you and antoinette since antoinette's here you can pick which one you want and i took them both and <laughs> i took them, them both see <laughs> <laughs> it is a water jug shout out to you Devin. and a and it's a lunchbox <laughs> a lunchbox and he gave me a lunchbox. Oh my and god! Listen, Jojo oh, that's needed so it. Sweet. So, so you're taking both of them? I don't think that you need either of them. You don't go to your work for lunch, and Jojo is starting school in September. So, and I'm definitely not giving this up. If it, it has, it's it's. Ha- Listen, girl, I be drinking water now. <laughs> I really do. He I might have just. Wa- he might have just saved your fucking life. He might have. Your he dehydrated ass me. life. Very good, Devin. God's work. Shout out to Devin. You guys should check out his episode. Um, he had really good questions. Really, really professional questions and editing. His branding is like, fire. I his, was like, nigga, you potted, nigga. I Go know. ahead. This his is a branding is so good. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm still, you know, still not listening to myself. To I feel like we should piggyback from the weeks before so we can keep people abreast. But um, yeah, still not listening to myself. Still not trusting myself. As I mentioned in last week's episode, I will let you guys know what comes of that. But still, still in the upside down, if you will, which this, I finished. This is all you finished. I finished. Why I so much is thi- that not on pop culture? Because I don't want to talk about it because I have so much to say about the ending of it. And I can't I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but how did it end? Do I remember? Oh, wow. I got to go back. Um, How are you? I'm OK. My Juneteenth. I what did I do Juneteenth. Oh, Juneteenth. I what did I do? June- oh, I met up with Mandy. And um, we went to, if you can hear that, that is my cat's automatic feeder going off. And that is my voice on the automatic feeder, letting her know that it is indeed time to eat. I need to reschedule that time because it doesn't work for our recording. Um, but anyway, I met up with her. We met. We went to Fort Green Park to the layout. Jade of all jades came. Shout out to Tristan. Happy Father's Day, King. Oh, yeah, Crystal came Day. out. Friends in town, she came, Asante, and it was so funny to see them in that environment that was hella mixy, and they looked like they were gonna die. And what? And Jay tried to play me. What does that mean? It's hella a, mixy. 
it was just a very crowded. Like oh. I think Jade told them like, oh, we're going to go lay out in the park. But the layout is an event. <laughs> <laughs> and so you don't have to pay, but it's like everybody brings their blanket. Everybody's doing, Mandy taught me this, doing laps to try to get seen. And like people are trying to be cute and be outside. Doing laps. Yeah, they lap. That's a, that's what it's called, a lap. Take a lap. I've heard people say that, like Chi and them, be like, time for a lap. That's like PBL, walk a walk around. Exactly. So I was like, oh, that's what y'all doing? Anyway, so we went and they were fine. The way that they were positioned, it was cool. Um, and we had a good time. I was, I was in, a bit inebriated, but it was, it was nice. We played spades. I was with my friend George, who I just love. Um, but it was it was cool. It was it was a good vibe. But I, I did realize that a lot of the blacks don't know what Juneteenth is. And it was irritating me because I think I asked you and you were like, Yeah, it was when um slavery had uh it was done. Eighteen sixty five is when Wait, what? Eighteen sixty five. I thought you said nineteen sixty five. No, I didn't. Oh, I was. Be concerned for your your mom, not me. All right. <laughs> My mom definitely <laughs> doesn't know what Juneteenth is. And eighteen sixty five. What happened, girl? Um, one of them, the one of the sites of the Civil War. Oh no! One, one of one of the one of the one of the areas in which they were fighting. It like you know they were like, "Yo, it's done. We lost." It's done. Shanti. Shanti. It was Texas because Texas was a safe haven for slavery. This is two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. No, it happened first that they, it, it was, it, 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 they lost the site, but Texas was like, no, we still holding on. We're still holding on to this belief. It got to Texas last from my understanding. Yeah. Texas was the last state. Yes. To, and Juneteenth to, was when the soldiers rolled down and let them know like, nah, this shit. It's yeah, it's dub. over. We lost. That's what I said. No, not we lost. It was clear that the Civil War, they had lost the Civil War, but Texas, they still didn't abide by the law. Oh, okay. Because it wasn't no social media, you know? All right. Well, <laughs> They was couldn't less. call it, them up and be like, you're... Less. But the, I think what people are missing is that Texas, Texas is true. It's always Texas. Ugh! But they had been their own republic for a second, and then they got so much bad world publicity that they came on back to the states, and then the Civil War happened. But Texas was basically a safe haven for slavery back in the Disney, and it probably still is on the low. So, tricky. Fuck Texas. No, seriously, fuck Texas. They're not well over there. They really aren't. We'll get it. Will we get into that today? Maybe. Well, we might get into what's going on in Texas right now. But anyway, that happened. And then I was on the See the Thing Is podcast um, this week. I didn't have a whole lot to say this week. I did. There was a hot take that I had. <laughs> Whenever I go on there and Mandy starts talking about music, I just realize how much older I am. It's like dog years for me. Like, I'm an old lady. And so she was saying IMX. Do you know who IMX is? I thought it was BMX, like a bike. I don't know what the fuck she was Not talking BMX. about. IMX. Is BMX a bike? Oh, God. The bike athlete? BMX is a bike. Okay. Yes. Or a sport. So mm-hmm. IMX, apparent, remember Immature? Yes. They rebranded themselves. I think that's who that is. 
as IMX. Did you yes. know that? I believe that does ring a bell in my brain. I could yes. still be wrong, but she was talking about them. She was talking about all kinds of stuff. And I had somehow mentioned Cisco and then I had a hot take and I said, Cisco would lose. He would, he would be obliterated, not obliterated. He wouldn't be obliterated, but he would lose. But Cisco could actually go up against Usher. Cisco has a solid 15, 16 records and the records is if they let him use do Drew Hill and the records that Cisco has, they're real records. They're like banger, banger records. And so I went to my Cisco wormhole and I woke up to a whole bunch of people just telling me how ridiculous I was. And I said, first of all, I said he would lose. We, we know Cisco would lose, but people are not understanding how big the thong song was. I don't even like the song, but the thong song might have been bigger than single ladies back in the day. And there was no social media. There was none of this tick ticky tock that's making it go viral. Like that just globally was a thing. You got to tell me what you want. Yeah, but that's the, it, against Usher. I'm what did I just say? He would lose but because everybody's saying who could go up against Usher. I don't think anybody could go up against Usher and win. But tw- all you need is 20 songs. That's what people are not. G- I'm talking about specifically verses. If he went toe to toe with Usher for catalog for catalog, you're not, um, you can't do it. But only 20 songs, he could hold it. He could hold no. his own. He could hit you with the Maya track. He could hit you with, with how many yeah. licks. He could I, hit I th- you with, uh, what's the one with um, DMX? What these I bitches want. I think he's a want. great contender. I and he can think- sing. Not rather not a contender. I think he has a he he has somebody that he can go up against versus. But I, I don't I think he even, does. I wouldn't even consider him in the same. All I'm even say, there's Usher not many and people Cisco that I would same. ever consider for Usher. But I'm talking about in terms of vocal ability. And now that everybody's saying versus is now about how you perform as well. Because I don't want to see Usher and Chris Brown. I just think that's two different time periods. I'm not understanding that correlation i don't like it but i i'm talking about like the throwback nostalgia of it like usher hits you with you make me wanna and cisco come out with tell me what you want it's violent body rolls all night like that's a that's a good night but i don't think anybody else can go up against cisco people were saying donnell jones today i was like donnell jones got a good six seven cisco got like 17 like he has it he, he has, has it. There is somebody, but we're just not finding. We're not th- thinking, thinking of, of him. Them. We're not thinking of him. We're but not thinking. I don't know. Like, there's no other group Usher's to not me. even in. Usher's in a whole other. I, again, yeah. I'm very clear. Usher would win. Cisco would lose. But all I'm saying is, put some respect on Cisco's name. So that was. Yeah, he that deserves. Was a thing. Cisco he deserves. deserves. People were talking about Cisco. Drew like Hill he deserves. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck is doing shit like that these days? If, Consistently. You know, if you really listen to... That's um, a branded ad lib. Wait, but what's the part? Uh, somebody sleeping in my bed. The end of that song, he is going sleeping deep in up my in. Bed, messing, messing with, with my head. head. No, no, no. no. He's listen, going in on that. These niggas ain't ad libbing the way that they use. The no. niggas ain't. Women are. Women are ad libbing their asses off. But mm. the niggas? Mm. I don't know. I don't. I, I miss that sound, but I I love. I it's love a brand. Cisco. I you love don't even Cisco. have to know what the song is if you hear yeah. 
Hey, yeah. The oh, fact that you are singing that like that is <laughs> crazy. Yo. You know what it's when, about When to you be. hit the run, baby. It's consistent. <laughs> Love um, for, I wonder what he's doing. I hope he's happy. I hope he's living the lap, life of luxury. He's I still performing. The sad passing. part is he's trying to come back. And not like genuine comeback girl. Did you oh. see? Oh my God. <laughs> I said, yoga is a thing. Genuine. God damn stretch. You saw him shit. doing it and they, he, he, was, had to do he was holding the couch. It looked like yes. that. And it was the, hilarious. <laughs> the thing is, is that we didn't ask. He didn't have to do it. He could have come on and made everybody <laughs> excited. You didn't have to attempt that, sir. No, he no. didn't. There was no reason. It's tricky for that. But anyway, so that was a thing. So make sure you check that episode out. Um, in addition, uh, speaking of Mandy, I want to shout her out. A big shout out to her. We celebrated the opening of her brand new creative space, her studio, Full, full Court Studios in Brooklyn. And I couldn't be more proud of her. She has done such an amazing job. So big ups to her. It's not just for podcasting. No, it, it it's rigged for podcasting, but it is a performance space. So if you wanted to go in there and perform, if you have an EP that you're trying to do and you're trying to sing wow. it or whatever, like she has it rigged Studio. so that the um, each wall is kind of, a different vibe and so you can reconfigure the furniture she has a set of if you want to rent it out for a month and then paint in there if you want to you can do that there's just a fee to do it like she she's really trying to work with um, production companies and things like that she's going to rent it to podcasters as well but not like one-off things like she wants to build um build with folks and build brands in there. And so she I'm super proud of her. And she's, business. she's very, um, she's very dedicated to it. She has a team of people that she's employing. Like people's livelihoods are in her hands kind of a little bit. So big ups to her, big ups to, to the baby girl oh, yeah. doing her goddamn thing. Um, but this week I have been having feelings of inadequacy. <laughs> oh, and I don't, I don't know what it's stemming from. Of course, I looked at the calendar and was like, "All right, that thing is coming." Here she I, today. I looked and said, "What is going on with you?" Because you are sad, girl. Um, but I'm real. I, I was not realizing. I was listening to another podcast that was recommended to me, and they talked about happiness being a skill and not an outcome, and that often. And I want this to be a topic, like a, a, a full, you know, fully fledged topic that we really go into deep, deeply and that we dissect. But I realized that, not I realized, I know that I'm very outcome based um, and that I've lived my life as like a, a list of goals and haven't really, I think, honored the story of my life and like enjoyed the ride. And so I'm and I'm struggling to figure out how to shift my mindset, in all honesty, within the climate that we're in, within the city that I live in. And I'm realizing that I think I'm at that place where Instagram is making me feel really bad about myself. Hmm. Like even my own productivity of 
why doesn't our branding look like that? And um, I got to get better at X, Y, and Z. And unfortunately, I can't just log off of social media because I actually help other people with their social media in addition to, you know, doing a lot of stuff for promotion for hours. So I'm struggling a bit to figure out what that balance is. And I I am dedicated, though, to exploring the idea of happiness being a skill. And I think that that has a lot to do with, we say it all the time, but being present in the moment, being able to be where you're at and honor that instead of thinking about the past or the future and like tormenting yourself in that way. So yeah, Debbie Downer, but yeah. What'd you say? I said, I'd love to talk about that with you. Yeah. I'm going to send you the episode too, that I was listening to this brilliant Indian man. I forget his name, but he has like the top, apparently he has like the top, Mental health podcast. Oh, yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Somebody just put me on. His wife is really beautiful. They both are. The fu- I was like, what's wrong with y'all? How y'all just. I'm telling you, I feel like if karma's real. Well, maybe not. I won't say that. I don't know. I'll get myself in trouble. Top tier body to be born in, though, is an <laughs> Indian body. I will say that. Really? I feel like a top tier culture aesthetics food energy history religion not rich. not a not a habasha body i'm shocked because you let them too ethiopians and the eritreans but no i think i think indian culture so well, you're biased because yeah. you think South you're Asian. indian shanti i don't i wish i was <laughs> i wish i was but I think it's a top tier culture. It's lit. Hmm. Really lit. Well, moving right along. Revlon filed for bankruptcy since we're talking about top tier culture. I think it's very interesting. One, bankruptcy and their stock went up after they filed for bankruptcy because I guess people feel like they're going to get forgiven and they'll be back on top. But I think I think it's it's interesting because apparently Estee Estee Lauder was one of these companies that was always kind of vying with Revlon as we were coming up. And Revlon was like Cindy Crawford, you know, like those people that really they had a certain aesthetic that they pushed, honey. It was the red lip. It was the bright nails. It was the classic, you know, kind of American slash European beauty. And but Estee Lauder has branched out and they saw these young companies coming up and their business plan was, all right, we don't have to be the best at, we don't have to beat Revlon. What we have to do is buy these young companies like Mac, like I forget who else they own, but they own percentages of that so that they could control, help control the narrative so they can always Mm. stay relevant, which Mm. is an, in, I don't know if it's incredible. It's kind of fucked up, but it's, it's one of the, it's, it's a business. Capitalism at its best. Yes. It's a, be a capitalist. Capitalize. But I also think it's interesting because during the pandemic, people really looked to the, these pop culture idols like Rihanna, like Kylie Jenner, like 
I forget all these other tween people, but folks like that who are coming out and saying Millie Bobby Brown, you know, she has her own um, makeup. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. I didn't. Um, But yeah, I'm hoping that this more so has to do with inclusivity. And I'm hoping that people are saying, um, yeah, you, this is not an inclusive brand. This brand, brand, I don't feel seen here. I don't feel like this reflects me. And so I'm going to be purchasing stuff where I feel like I'm considered and seen. I hope. I don't know if that's the case. I feel I like hope. Sephora and... Well, Sephora's not a makeup company. But I feel like the makeup culture and like where people purchase makeup and the mm. ways and how people purchase makeup now is like one, you're being influenced, mm-hmm. right? And then it's it's like you have the opportunity to go into Sephora, to go into Ulta and like try the stuff on. And then there's the idea that the more expensive something is, the better. The better. And so like it's like old lady relate makeup like you go to cvs although nyx i don't know what they nix whatever that's not old lady at all no but they're they're a cheaper end makeup but that's and you can find them in cvs and stuff yeah revlon and stuff just hasn't really switched up their branding yeah yeah it's just it just feels like there's also a push on like clean cosmetics like there's all these different um options now but there was a woman, I don't remember her name, but she went viral online where she was showing the darkest, very dark-skinned woman, beautiful-ass skin. She don't even need foundation. But she was putting foundation on and saying, this is not inclusive, and saying, calling yeah. out the brands and saying, this is the darkest color you have. Mm-hmm. This is the darkest color you have. The, and she mm-hmm. was just like, this. Till she got to Rihanna's. It was Fenty that, that matched It was her, not right? just Fenty. It was Fenty, and I forget, I think it was Fenty and Giorgio Armani. But they cut out Giorgio Armani, Fenty, and just used (laughs) used the clip up there. Um, Because she bigs up other companies, too. But I thought that was very interesting. Because it's like a staple. I remember being little and being influenced by Revlon and seeing the ads and thinking, like, wow, I want to look like that. I remember so clearly. I remember my mom putting it on and me sitting um, cross-legged on the floor and watching her get ready yeah. for work and feeling like, wow. I learned about the bankruptcy from the lip bar, which is a black owned mm. makeup business who posted about it. And, you know, she's definitely, she definitely marketed to black women now. And I think she's expanded her uh, market reach a little bit more, but yeah, she definitely, she gave them their props and, and um, yeah, cause it's, it's years. years. I can't remember how many years it is, but, uh, listen, R.I.P. to Revlon. I or think they're going Keep anywhere. on going. Keep when on. you file for bankruptcy, it doesn't mean the companies. I mean, again, their stock went up. Like, I think mm-hmm. 600% or some shit where everybody was trying to buy it because they feel like they're going to be forgiven and given loans to bail them out. So we'll see. Um, but in other news, <laughs> Drake. Drake. <laughs> uh, our favorite biracial. Bay. I don't know about Bay, just biracial, biracial Canadian, straight back, lace front it's a wig. wig wearing. It's not real. It's a lace front. <laughs> He's probably balding. And that's pro- a lace front. <laughs> Something's going on over them damn braids. <laughs> I hate the parts. 
released a surprise album. What's it called? Okay. Uh, never mind. Something it's, like that. I don't okay, think never, never mind, mind is not. Is it never mind? Because people keep saying the wrong thing. Everybody's uh, like, no. okay, forget it. Okay, nah. Like, <laughs> people <laughs> keep saying anything. What was that thing called? Okay, let me, Drake. Let me look it up. Did you listen to it? Of course. I listened to it twice. I listened to it oh. twice. It's called Honestly Nevermind. Honestly. Never Honestly. Mind. Never mind. I don't get that title. I'd be curious to know what that means. Honestly, never mind. And people are saying, yeah, never mind to the album. I think what it first of all, I'll let you go. What what are what are your thoughts? Did you listen to it? I did. I listened to I gave it one go through while I was in the studio doing shit and I, I laughed a lot. A lot it made me laugh a lot. And I was like, nigga, what? And I also grooved a lot. And I felt I felt like there was no other because like there he Drake is persona is like hard in many ways. He does this hard, soft thing that, you know, he raps around. He raps about he's not Kid Cudi. He's not Kendrick. He's not. Um, he definitely likes to the persona of like, yo, don't don't fuck with me. He's not violent or like hood. But he's 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 not like a notoriously exper- experimental or like conscious rapper in any way. And I don't feel like any other rapper with this kind of persona, aside from maybe like Kanye, and I feel like Kanye has dipped and dabbled and, and led a lot, could have done an album like him. Kendrick couldn't have made a, a a rap album with house beats on it. Jay Z couldn't have done it. Kid Cudi probably could have done it, maybe, but it just wouldn't have res- it wouldn't have had the mainstream. It's like a, a thing about being doing this kind of like hard act rapper, as well as having the reach and the and the mainstream um, capturing the mainstream. I don't think anybody else could have done it except for maybe him or Kanye. Kanye could have done it much better, but he's dipped and dabbled in the past already with like kind of house techno shit. I just, I think it was a, a great idea, a pregnant idea. I loved it. I, I love that idea of rapping on house beats, but it seemed like he just went in the studio and he didn't have any guidance or help or anybody telling them like nigga these melodies why are you making up these melodies what are you talking about what are you saying it didn't feel like he had anybody to like that he turned to anybody and had them write his shit and work it out for him like he didn't he just went in there was like yeah I'm, I'm gonna do this experimental thing and I don't think he's known for being very experimental like from a deep place of creativity at least I feel from him so it was hollow. It was it was weird. It it wasn't weird. It was it felt hollow to me. It felt performative in a way that was like, okay, now Drake's doing like an artsy thing. And also, I don't know what he's ever talking about. Maybe it's because he's a Scorpio and he's secretive and he like never flat out says what he's trying to say. But I never know what the source of his angst is, his loneliness. I don't I don't understand. 
What's wrong with the bull? Like, what are you talking about? I disagree with you on his um him being hard. I think that he has some hard records isn't the that word. go hard. Um, or being hard isn't the very, word. Like typical uh rap. rapper. Yeah, yeah, like a that's t- what more I mean. typical like a, rap. Yeah, and gives yeah. you like like he's talking shit. He's yeah, kinda he's not like a swaggy. kid Cudi or but somebody. I feel that he is that way at times. He's the same guy that gave us Take Care. You know, he's the same guy that gave us... Which was great. Which was great. He's the same guy that gave us... What's the Beyonce joint? Like, he sings and does this emo shit, too. I'm like saying nobody else could have done it but him. Oh, no, nobody I disagree. I think I think um, it would have been a different vibe. It wouldn't have been emo. It would have been more joyful. But Chance the Rapper on House Beats, he's done it already with Crate or Not, and it was fire. But he doesn't have the mainstream. He's not a mainstream big ass rapper. I think, like Chance, I think the rapper, Chance the Rapper is big stream. Yes, he oh, is. Oh, I don't. He's like headli- don't. he headlines festivals and shit. Not like Drake. No, he's not, not like Drake, Drake. Not at all. He's not close to Drake. But it would he, make he sense if Chance did it. Yeah, like I would have been mad. But Drake, when I listened to it, I had a my mind versus my body. My body wanted to move mm. and groove. And my mind that's was like, that's good. fucking Drake. I know. That's <laughs> so good. That and it was so like, good. and it wasn't that, and I don't believe in boxing artists up because I love the fact that he took the risk. It just wasn't executed well. No, it was great. And it, it was, was like, I wish you would have reached out to cough, like black coffee. I wish you would have reached out to Katronada. I wish you would have reached know. out and like done more research. I wish you wouldn't have sung in the same key every song. Like vocally, you just couldn't do it either. And I wish he would have, it would have been more of like a Black is King project where he brings people on. Mm-hmm. And then it's, even though Black is King, people, that was interesting. And I think that was the Lion King influence that made that tricky. But I wish that he would have collaborated more with yeah. folks. Yeah, and, it's real, real But I'm not mad. Even. I'm not mad at it at all. There's one song that I actually like where he's talking, it's like the, where he's talking about the basically love being lost. I forget. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate all the lyrics. He's talking about like, hold on, I do. go to it. Cause that joint, I, I, I don't mind that one. Downhill. I think it's downhill. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an interesting, and it was also to me giving biracial angst. It was giving to me Drake wants <laughs> most of what Drake does. I'm dead ass. Like I think that he wants to fit in. I think that he wants to be included into specific communities that he's really inspired by, like the Caribbean community. He's from, I mean, he's from Toronto, so like. There's a whole lot of Caribbeans out there, but Drake, you're not Caribbean, I don't think. So it's tricky. So he he wants to be in it, but then your mom's white and people looking at you like, hold up, you're Jewish. What's going on? So, and then you were on Degrassi, I think in a wheelchair. I might be making that up because I never had cable growing up, but I think he was like the handicapped kid on Degrassi. But it was just tricky. It's just tricky for him. And I feel for him. I really do. Because I I think that he has a lot of range to him. And he's not able to fully explore that range because we won't let him. And he's corny. The things he does can be corny when he explores it. But then he's talented, so you then, then you respect him. 
don't know. I, I, I haven't, think, I haven't I think, figured Drake out yet. I, really I think haven't. he feels entitled to me. I don't think he, I think the way in which that he it does things it. feels entitled. Just this thing. Like, why did you, he, I don't know. It, Why it, isn't it feels he entitled enti- to feels, explore that musically? Though. I know you in, entitled to explore. I don't even entitled means like you're going to go. I'm going to go in and like do this thing because I, I can means. go do this thing. I feel like exploring t- curious and like collaborative and like in a place of like learning versus I'm going to go do this thing because I know how to do this thing. And this is me doing it. It feels, it feels different. Like Beyonce, when she did black is King, it didn't feel like she went and did African music and even her interpretation of it didn't feel entitled to me. It felt like, you know, she was like enjoying it, sampling it. Like I'm going to go Ethiopian food. And I like, I love this shit. I love it. I'm not Ethiopian. I didn't make it. I didn't prepare this shit. I'm just mm-hmm. here enjoying it where he feels like, I don't know. I don't know. He's tricky. He's tricky. I'm telling you, his Scorpio energy is tricky energy. They're, I'm telling you. Well, you tricky. brought Beyonce up. So let's talk about, I, I, I feel badly for Drake that he dropped this album and everybody talked about how much they hate house music. And then Beyonce dropped this house song. Everybody was like, the queen is back. I said, wow. I know Drake is somewhere punching the air right now. Did you see? There, there were so many. <laughs> they said Drake said gay. Beyonce said gayer. And I was like, I cannot <laughs> stand y'all. That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Beyonce's song is, what did you think? I liked it. Okay. I liked it. You, like, I, you listened I heard- to the whole song? I heard a snippet of it and I was like, oh, I don't like this when I heard the snippet. And then when I got in my car and I listened to it, I was like, oh, I like it. It's catchy. And also she's you like the second verse. Everybody in it a spell. <laughs> and I'm asking you like the second verse. I like I, I like the lyrics as well. I'm surprised that you don't like those lyrics. I think they're I think that they are in consistent with her and this the what the what the song um asks begs for if it was like some complicated shit on there i don't know i don't know i mean how yeah they just be like follow me follow, follow me. me they just be repeating the same shit he make the money every morning yeah. they don't be going into the they they dropping bars they just repeat they just i know but a, a there's a so there's a trance that Beyonce has over us. And we know that she's going to drop a fire-ass visual. And then we just really going to lose our minds. It's over. Yeah. I think the Beyonce song is fine. I think it's fine. Girl, I, you text me like, I don't like it. That's the lyrics. I, did, I didn't like the lyrics. But what I did say, like the first, the first verse, okay. The Big Frida <laughs> things feels... Um, It felt, I don't know, it grew on me. And I think I, had I heard that song and it wasn't Beyonce, I would have heard it and never heard it again. But because it's Beyonce and it's all over the place, you're in a trance. I knew, though, that she was going to drop something, it was going to grow on me, that she was. she's going to drop a fire visual and I'm going to love it. 
and then love the song. And when it comes on, I'm going to dance and act a frank ass fool. I also appreciate, um, I appreciate the big Frida. I love that she reaches out to big Frida based off of the Houston connection, based off of big Frida, just being who big Frida is. I like that it's during pride month. Like I think that hers was just more well thought out. The sample is nice. What's she sample? Um, besides Big Frida's Explode. What's show the other me song? Love. Yeah. You got you got to show, to show me. me love. So, but the release your anger, release your mind. Like that's just not, it doesn't, the way it's, it just feels like a um, positive music doesn't slap. It fe- it's giving that in some points. And then the thing about, I got the, I got the something in my mouth, drinking the yak. It was just like, what? Oh, I don't start know. rapping. Yeah, it just felt like I didn't love those lyrics, but I'm gonna forget about the lyrics soon. <laughs> I you know want it. Beyonce to be working, huh? We we want her, you like the grind hard Beyonce. Beyonce's like I like the rest. um. Everybody I feel like rest. she didn't write she didn't write that. I feel like um, I don't I don't know. Maybe it, it doesn't feel authentic to her. Like, are you mm. are you doing that because? When you sitting there talking about I woke up like this, I'm flawless, like I or you're a diva, like that felt authentic to her, you know? It felt like, oh, I believe that. Not that you but woke she up. She wakes up like that? No, but the, just the swaggy nature of like, I'm gonna talk my shit, I'm a diva, I'm fucking Beyonce, I'm here, I'm the queen. Like I get that. This feels less authentic to her, but we also haven't seen her in a billion years. But I'm excited right. to see what the project w- brings. I mean, it's Beyonce. I like the idea of renaissance. I think that we do need it. I think we need joy. I think she's going to bring us joy. Um, and I'm curious to know how that renaissance is going to, how it's going to look, especially with this being the first single. Like, is the whole album this? Is the whole album house? Or is it like just dance records, like different kinds of dance records? Like, who knows? But I would love to see people voguing I would love to see Wonder Woman involved in it. Like, I want to see us black people in their totality, like displayed and celebrated like that. That feels exciting to me. What feels less exciting to me is people saying that she's about to reignite house. And so, like, I don't know if house ever really went anywhere. It's like a niche thing that you either fuck with it or you don't. And. I know that there you got some you got people going in our goddamn comments with that all music is black music. And I I've read that too and I was like is it? Cuz I really don't know. I don't know if all music is black music and maybe you could educate me on that, but I do know that house music is black music. And I just want to big up the of uh, Chicago um because house emerged from Chicago in the early 1960s. It's pioneers were a group of black American DJs who were very well-versed in disco and hip-hop subcultures, and they embraced that synthesizer. And um, people, I mean, it's really was founded by gay black, gay black folks. And basically DJ Frankie Knuckles is called the godfather of house. So if we're going to talk about house, if we're going to say, because a lot of people say, I don't like it if it's white, it's disco. And I just want to make that really clear that it's not, (laughs) that's not, um, where it originated. And, um, yeah, it's close. It's close to our hearts. 
But what did what did you when you saw that tweet like all music is black music? I mean, that was not the uh, b- most important thing. It was oh, okay. the fact that people, the idea that people did thought house is um, white music and oh, that okay. it actually originated from black folks. The all music is black music. It that feels was... feels about ninety. Yeah, I was like, it's given eight percent right. It's I don't about, know about ninety-eight. That's I, a lot. I do. I think for the most part, it's given. It's given. You have jazz. You have jazz, any kind blues, of Latin music, country. salsa, hip hop, R and B, rock. The the Krishna shit is given black sometimes. <laughs> when I hear it, I'm like. <laughs> The Madunga drums? Yeah, I'm like, this, Maybe. Is, this is feeling I mean, black people, <laughs> if we want to be like about... Beethoven and them, and I don't listen, know. People, That's people I'm like, saying Beethoven is black, okay? <laughs> They're saying that a nigga's black, Beethoven's so I wouldn't black. be surprised. What about Handel? Oh, you haven't heard that? No, what about Handel and... And maybe not i mean i guess all music is black music that that's a wild generation maybe scientifically true because all generation humans, you mean generalization generalization oh. but maybe um you know the the original man was black so did you see sources. them going back and forth in the comments i was like I'm i did i said out of this i, I said i no. wasn't mad at, at at any of it i think no uh, but i do encourage healthy dialogue and y'all was going to fuck wild and i was like all right talk nice i wanted to jump in like guys come on let's respect each other but i didn't i was like let me just let y'all work that out but shout out to house i don't and i would just say i don't think that the idea that beyonce is going to make beyonce has the power to make house mainstream and to bring conversations around Mm -hmm. house the same way she did around she does around like the ballroom culture or everything she does she don't she don't never um yeah she ain't gonna bring it back because it never went anywhere but she can make it a bring a spotlight to it like nobody else and the fact that's why i think maybe it is like all right it's the positive shit doesn't slap but even these ideas that she's talking about and making mainstream around you know getting free in particular ways, whether that's quitting your job or resting or like getting away from negativity, not being overworked, realizing that you are overworked and you're super tired and not doing any way, doing it anymore. I think, I think it's dope. I think it's important. I will say shout out to my homie who the very next day did not go into work. And I was like, what (laughs) are you doing? (laughs) It was like, Beyonce said, quit the job. I said, Oh my God, you tripping. But, um, we're going to see, I'm excited for her project. We love Beyonce. Moving right along, we have a voicemail. This is attached to an unpopular opinion that I had that had the internet, had the around the way curl community in shambles. There was um, a divide. (laughs) I received many phone calls. I also received many a private DM saying, girl, I didn't want to say it, but thank you. I just so, want to say the the poll, the poll said what it said. Yeah, because people you're, don't. Yep, but, but you're missing my point. I received so many private messages. We're like, I ain't gonna vote on that, and I ain't gonna say it out loud. But girl, I agree. So well, and you also shared the poll said. results maybe five hours after you put it no, up. No, I didn't. It was the next day. Yeah, but you put it up late in the evening, so no, it I wasn't didn't. a full twenty four no, hours. No, I didn't. It was. That's not true. That's not true. I don't. Yeah. I don't. 
agree with that assessment. Well, you didn't. All post right, we're gonna it. play this voicemail. <laughs> and it's here not we go. true. Hi, this is Ashley. I'm a relatively new listener, but I love y'all. I've been stopping by Sable Collective for years, and yes, love the show. Been really, really getting into it. It's been keeping me going. Um, great thing to say about you from Roots Picnic, all the good stuff. But internet, you knew this was coming, and your take on the wig was horrible, fam. It was horrible, and I just feel like you knew that it was horrible, and you were saying it just to like get onto everybody's skin. But just a couple of things that I wanted to point out real fast. One. The Wiz is not a remake. It is an adaptation of The Wizard of Oz, which I think is an important distinction because it's not like they're trying to be The Wizard of Oz. It's a different take on a classic story, which feels important. Um, agree with you, the lighting was bad and very questionable lighting. Can't fight with you on that. Also, The Wiz is also giving a little bit of camp as, like, a genre, and as a result, like, some of the, you know, fantastical things that happen, like the subway and coming to life, all that, like that's a part of that camp genre. And so just like wanting to encourage folks to like look at it through new eyes and not look at it to be like exactly like the Wizard of Oz with the Wizard of Oz type budget. Anyway, love y'all, love the show. Um, Internet, it is the ghetto. I heard the previous like caller talking about um, you know, if you're dating women, would you be poly? Blah, 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 blah. Um, dating women can be wonderful, but it is not that much better. So, you know, it is what it is. It's hard out here for all of us. But hopefully, you know, you all can have a still wonderful and fun summer despite everything. Love you both. And, yeah, just stay safe in these tough times. All right. Shout out to Ashley. <clears throat> I would like to clarify a couple things. Again, when it comes to the Wiz, I do not deny its cultural impact. I will say that the lighting was bad because the budget was next to nothing. And that is indicative of racism. (laughs) (laughs) And so I don't fault them for, I'm just, I'm just saying what it was. All right. I'd love to see the Wiz redone with some money. Now, the cultural impact I think is important because it was a film. It wasn't a black film. They said it was a film with, with black actors and they fought long and hard to get that film in regular everyday movie theaters and they got it done. So shout out to them. That's incredible. Diana versus Stephanie. Somebody wrote me a think piece about how (laughs) Diana Ross was cast in the film because they wanted Dorothy to appear to be older, to show the plight of black women and how black (laughs) women (laughs) aren't able to advance as quickly as Judy Garland was as a young white girl. So the black woman was still stuck in her childhood. And I said, too far. Wait, 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 (laughs) wait, wait, wait. Was this, was this a satire or was this, were were they joking? No, they were dead ass the fuck serious. Like (laughs) they wrote me a think piece. They had many, they had many, um, theories on the whiz, but that was the one that stuck out to me when I was like, all right, I cannot read this anymore. I thank you, but no, 
Also, Stephanie Mills, I stand by what I said. Stephanie Mills should have been cast in that movie. She was the appropriate age. She was the star on Broadway. It was blasphemy that she wasn't. Diana Ross was cast because Barry Gordy was her man in colorism. Also, you can love something that's not good. There are many a movie that I love that are bad movies. And I know they're bad. I know that they're not executed well. One of my favorite movies is Tremors. Have you ever seen Tremors? No. Oh, I, you have to. It's terrible, but it's so good. It's like Kevin Bacon's in it. He's yelling at these monsters that come out of the ground. And the monsters are basically, they look like sock puppets sometimes. Oh, yeah. Because they don't have budget. About. Yeah, like 80s, 80s. Reba McIntyre was in it. Incredible, yeah. incredible film. Terribly done. But incredible for what it was. When you look back, you're like, this is so bad, but I will never not watch it and enjoy it. So that can be what the whiz is to y'all. It's okay. Again, I'm not saying just think it- that the concept of the whiz is bad. I'm not saying the music is bad. I'm not saying that the, that the, the overall whiz is bad. What I'm saying is the execution from musical to film, it ain't translate for me and many others. And I speak... For those oppressed, girl, who will shut up. Who, we are shut not the allowing the space oh my God. to disagree, just because this is a cultural icon it's of a movie. Sacred, okay? It could be sacred. It's sacred. So, right. put some, this is also, what Kanye I just was saying. Say. This is what Kanye was saying. What Kanye said? This is what Kanye mentality? was saying. Yep, this is that you have to fall in line if you're black. You Shut can't have your own up, thought bro. process. Whatever. And I'm not being Whatever. an agitator. I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I see what Kanye was saying. If you want to okay. be a black Republican, you could do that, but you oh my accept God. the consequences. Wow. And now I'm willing to accept the consequences of not liking the Wiz the film. Interesting. And I'm also willing. I'm Moses. I am shepherding us. I'm shepherding us from the bondage. I'm shepherding the Hebrews. Okay. Go ahead. Parting the Red Sea. I also want to say, I want to just put a little period at the end of that. um, Queer gay relationships are the worst. I was woken up (laughs) at... Or among the worst. She did I not was woken say that. up. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't put words in Ashley's mouth. <laughs> after month, after days, again being revved up, I finally put my head down to sleep and was awoken at <laughs> twelve thir- one o'clock in the morning to my neighbors fighting, physically fighting, outside in the street. Like, have you ever seen a <laughs> like fighting. kittens? this is what it looked like swear to god they were just tumbling on the ground ask that lady if she's okay yet listen you won't ask that lady i was going to but then jojo was like you got my jojo told me and i trust jojo's intuition i trust jojo more than anybody she was like you gotta mind your business (laughs) oh no i'm telling you the the it was wild it was wild they are just wild the girl you want to know what the what caused the (laughs) the scuffle what the, the the one all I heard was Why you, you call my mama dirty bitch <laughs> and then it was, <laughs> then it was a sc- <laughs> I said wow <laughs> wow keep my mother's name she, out that's, what she, that's exactly mouth. what she said don't talk about my mom for what my mom did to you for you 
I said, wow, this is, I can't, I can't. <laughs> Tumbling on the concrete <laughs> at one in the morning. Wait, the baby wasn't out there, right? No, the baby was in the house. By itself, it's a baby. Girl, sleep. <laughs> it was need... one in the morning. Hopefully, the baby was asleep. I didn't hear her crying. <laughs> I was listening for Dave her. Chappelle. I didn't hear her crying. I rode around. It was a fucking baby <laughs> in the street. <laughs> no, it was two two women. I, th- I thought it was a cloud of, of, it was just a, I swear to God, if you could see, this is what it looked <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, I got to see her hands. Y'all got to see her hands. like. <laughs> just she was whooping her ass she was like you call my mama dirty bitch i was like damn not a dirty bitch she took it to the playground i was like wow well shout well, out to black love <laughs> <laughs> shout out to, to shout out to pride month <laughs> we haven't shouted it out yet and shout out to it tricky uh, it's tr- it's hard out here for everybody. Everybody it's e- equally hard for everybody. Body to find all bodies. It's hard. Tricky. God help um, us all. We're gonna fly by politics as usual again because we're running out of time. Um, gun legislation uh, is currently being pat- uh, circulated in the Senate. And members of the motherfucking GOP, which is the Republican Party, broke from Republican leader Mitch McConnell, the devil himself, who Mm. said to actually support this bill. They broke from him (gasps) and was like, nah, 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 we're not going to do that. We're officially going to whip votes to oppose what I feel is minor gun reform legislation. In this bill, anyone convicted of domestic violence against a former or current date or current dating partner would be banned from purchasing a weapon. The bill mm. enhances background checks for firearm buyers under 21 years old. How it so? also provides, excuse me. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. It also provides 200 million in for grants and States to upgrade criminal and mental health records. Um, it creates criminal penalties for straw purchases and gun trafficking, which means uh, a straw purchase is basically when a person agrees to buy a gun for someone who is prohibited by law from purchasing a firearm. And the legislation requires centers for Medicare and Medicaid services to give guidance to states on improve guidance to states on improving access to telehealth services for basically mental health because you know with two hundred million dollars for all of the United States million. Two hundred million billions we just of dollars, forty billion dollars to Ukraine in weapons, in weapons, and this in is weapons, majority and, in weapons. And this is I why I said this is minor gun reform. Also, in the bill, not every state has to apply these laws in the same way. So your more liberal states are gonna be more liberal. Uh, your more conservative states are gonna be more conservative. So I'm not thrilled with this. But the fact that they are even opposing this, <laughs> I'm like, yo, what is what is wrong with y'all? It's still supposed to pass. They still feel like they have the votes. But it's tricky when people start to whip votes. If you've ever watched. What, what does that? that mean? When you whip votes. Mm. Sounds sounds historic. Did you ever watch House of Cards? Terrifying. No, Rasheed said I should watch it, though. <sighs> you sh- you do- you should watch House of Cards because he was like the whip um, at one point or another before he became a whole lot of other things. But basically, it's when it's your job to sway people. 
And you do mm. it in a way where you're like, yo, if you want such and such a bill pad, yo, I know that you need X amount of dollars oh, you in your state. Okay. Right, you politicking. Okay. To get okay. such and such pads, this is what your base wants. If you do okay. X, Y, and Z, then we can get that for you. Or mm. they're like, yo, remember that that prostitute you slept with a couple years ago that I got pictures of you with? If you don't want that to come out, shit like that. It's tricky. It's tricky. Um, sounds terrible. Yeah. So that sounds I'm, terrible. Yeah. It sounds like a bunch of <laughs> hoot nanny. <laughs> sounds like no, what? It, it just sounds like um, it sounds performative. Again, mm-hmm. you know, you, you put $40 billion to support Ukraine. Not, not all of which is going into weapons, but majority of that money is going to weapons. Which I don't think it's bad to support Ukraine personally. I think that it, I feel like it's a a, a a a proxy war. I think we're at we're we're basically at war as well. Oh, we even we are, th- but we can't say we're at war because if we that's, say that, then it's World War Three. And that's tr- and that's tricky stuff. I don't think I don't. I think there's a strategy to support Ukraine. No, no, not helping people that are being slaughtered, um, slaughtered, their lands being taken. The, it's you know all of the historically disenfranchised nothing's wrong with that right but you're doing it strategically why are you crane like course. why of all the places why why and that's just not being it's just i just it makes it it makes it doesn't make sense to me yes helping people makes sense but america's not out obviously america don't give a fuck about really helping people because they're not even helping their own people that are clearly in a crisis. Also, they just said that the Uvalde school is going to be demolished because they were like, we can never ask another student or a teacher to go back in that bitch. Amen. Amen. I actually was in alignment with that. Moving Amen. right along. Because we, we're, it's getting tricky over here. Gas prices. I just want to be clear about gas prices real quick. Gas is over $5 a gallon in most parts of the country right now. And the last time a barrel of crude oil cost this much was July 2014. At that point, a gallon of gas cost $3.54. So to be clear, gas companies are charging this because they want to fucking charge it and we're paying for it. And they see on the horizon these electric vehicles coming in and fucking up their coins. And so they're saying, we're going to get it while it's hot. So we can cash out. So everybody blaming this on on everybody else. I ain't saying it's not somewhat of the government's fault or whatever. I I don't understand it all completely. But all I know is the math ain't mathing. So that's all I got to say before y'all just start blaming Joseph Robinette Biden for everything now. It's a big old government and world. and And the global economy is fucked up. But go ahead. And I, I guess what feels really scary, the consequence of that, I've been, um, I read on NPR and I was listening to this. Actually, it was a really good um, segment from a black farmer is that consequence of the oil prices, the consequence of the wars in Ukraine and Russia, climate change, COVID-19, is that it's affecting our food production mm-hmm. Um, Ukraine and Russia are kind of like the 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 largest producers of wheat uh-huh, and, grain. and grain, and they have not been able to put in 
any of the grains, that means come harvesting time, there's nothing to be harvested. India, apparently, because of the extreme weather conditions, also is having trouble um, producing crops. And so we're probably not feeling it right now because this is like normally time that all of the food is growing. But come fall, come winter, when things should be harvested, there is going to be a global shortage of food and that's very scary and I think that they're not talking about it because people would freak the fuck out but in places like Ethiopia and third world countries Somalia Kenya they're feeling it people are starving the price of food globally for everybody is going up and shit is about to get shit is about to get very very interesting and my doomsday dad that's what I call him because he's all about the conspiracies is like gotten all canned food he's like prepped and ready for whatever is down the pipe and I don't think it's crazy to like of course maybe not you know have shit stockpiled but I don't think it's unwise to have food stored up water stored up candles stored up and I myself need to do that my and, and get that together because I think it's I think we think it's not possible for us but baby Mm-mm-mm. she's getting crazy um keeping it positive here around the way crew yeah keeping you positive keeping you excited <laughs> giving you a reason to live <laughs> over here stick with us Shanti do me a favor and shout out give the patron spiel while I find the voicemail We're going to shout out all the new patrons. Thank you so much for joining us on our Patreon. If you want to listen to our silky voices and see our moisturized faces and glowing skin, then you, too, want to become a patron on our Patreon. We also have extra episodes coming to you as well as some extra footage of us arguing discussing things kicking basically setting up before each video as well so shout out to the folks that were interested and have signed up shout out to jamar larissa david and lioness (laughs) what the fuck is it lioness or lioness uh-huh. Either way, <laughs> something is wrong with you. All right, y'all. We got a couple more voicemails, and I don't want them to sit any longer. They've been sitting for quite some time. The first one is from May. So let's go ahead and play this John out. Hi, Shanty and Antoinette. My name is Terrell. Shanty. Um, I live in uh, upstate New York. Um, I'm a new listener. I love your show. Um, I, I love you guys' perspective on life. I'm actually married to a white woman. We have uh, three beautiful children. Um, I love your show because I get a little insight on how mixed kids or, or just mixed people in general uh, go through life and how they're perceived and stuff like that. Uh, and I love what you guys bring to the table. I listen very intently so that uh, my wife and I can get an idea 
of like things that we can do as parents uh, to make sure that we do the best that we can for our kids, um, for them, you know, throughout life. Uh, I just ask, do you have any advice or any ideas that parents of biracial children can do to just make sure that there's always inclusion, to make sure that there's always, uh, you always feel loved, you don't feel uh, shunned at any point, or, you know, are there just things that you wish you could uh, have received while while you were growing up? Um, I love the show. I'm going to continue to listen, uh, and thank you. Let me tell you something, Daryl. The biracial whole, angst that just came up in us. That's <laughs> a whole like, episode, Daryl. <laughs> mm. We we can make it a whole episode, but I think let's give them something now. Give them a little something. We can make it. Brandon, can you put on shared notes to make it a whole episode? <clears throat> what to do know. and People not to do with your biracial children. Uh, for me, my main thing is to not ignore race to talk openly mm. about it my household i wasn't even told i was white and black i was told mm. i was mixed and then it, it fucked me up <laughs> for a long time i think when things arise if they do within your relationship with your wife if there's any kind of racial tension or even cultural differences or just brush-ups talk about it your kids see it and they feel it and for me it would have helped me to know what that was and and help me navigate my own identity and I think asking your kids questions about their experience because you said upstate New York and I don't know where that is because upstate can be tricky for black folks and mixed kids Mm. in certain places so trying to understand what their lives are like, what questions are they asked? And it could be very different now that I feel like it's normalized a little bit than when we were growing up. I think that Being we were like a hot normalized a little bit more. I think it was, there weren't many by there. It was like me and my sister in my school. And I went to a, a pretty large school where I was and I was in like a mixed community. It was a, it was a big deal that mm. my parents looked the way they did. Nobody else's did. So I don't I don't know if that's the case anymore. So mm. what about you? I think that's a beautiful those are that's really good. Um well piggyback internet. No she I colonized <laughs> my answer, y'all <laughs> No. I do, I agree. I think that's really good. I think um I think that kid the kids should have access to both parts of their um themselves mm-hmm. like again i love there 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 are things that you that they are figuring out and won't be able to process and name and identify um that you can't do the work of doing for them but it's just, again, they should have access to both parts of them. So they should go to your family's house. They should be around black folks and they should be around white folks. And, you know, um, it gets really tricky, again, when if if they're the only brown mm-hmm. child in 
a white environment. I don't know why, but that always that that just feels like a more difficult thing to navigate um than than the other way around and I don't know. I have to think about it. I guess I'm still processing my stuff, but um at the tender age of 35. I feel like and what Antoinette said was good. I I also don't feel very tender about it. I don't feel like it's a raw thing. I f- I feel very matter of fact mm-hmm. about being biracial versus like this angst around it um and i think it was just i i was in primarily black spaces though i was always in primarily black spaces and then i learned but i also was not uncomfortable being in white spaces because i was in i was that was my family i don't i that's a longer conversation i gotta figure out how your wife is what the family's like like you know you don't want it to be this like I learned a new word, y'all, and I'll, I'm going to use it. This saccharine experience either. This, like, overly sweet, like, sentimental thing either where you're trying to, like, protect them or you're trying to, like, um, you know, your wife is trying to do things that she doesn't know how to do. I kind of respect my mom's ignorance in a lot of ways. She never tried to over, maybe not ignorance, but she never tried to, like, overstep or, like, get in spaces where, she didn't get in and vice versa with my dad so oh, i don't know not. oh maybe that's not helpful it's hard out here but i'm telling you this nation is going to have to reckon with the biracial kids because the swirl is spreading y'all the swirl is spreading you the food is on the shortage and the brown kids are on the ramp coming out so new world coming y'all new world so we had another voicemail where someone asked us a question, but I'm going to save that for next week because we don't have succinct answers. And I'm going to play one more voicemail um, because they're piling up, which is a great thing, but I don't, I don't want them to go. We should uh, just have an episode where we answer questions too. Like the first, I love it. We don't have enough questions. A lot of it's just people telling us stuff. So oh. let's see what this is. Hi, girls. Uh, this is Des calling from Texas. Um, first of all, I wanted to give a shout out to my therapist for um, the little nuggets I'm about to give y'all. Um, I just got done listening to uh, episode 181 uh, where y'all were talking about uh, just how y'all have been feeling and things. Um, and y'all said something about betraying you know, betraying ourselves. And Antoinette, I know exactly how you're feeling because um, I've been there too where um, I've betrayed myself um, and my happiness suffers. And and my therapist helped me uh, see that how we betray ourselves is uh, when we go against our core values, like it, going against your core values, you know, you get into stuck into jobs that you don't want to do, and uh, get into relationships that you want don't want to be in, or you're not very happy, or you're seeking, you know, instant gratification for, you know, or chasing after those little carrots, you know, like like you were saying. Um, I just want to offer y'all, you know, uh, Rumi has a. Um, a poem called The Guest House where 
he says that each feeling is like a guest that you invite in. And I believe that sometimes we, the ch- where that chatter comes from, the the deep dark holes that we go down, um, where that comes from is that we're allowing those guests, that, get, that guest of anguish or that guest of shame or, you know, those feelings of, of anger or whatever, um, we let them have the driver's seat and um, that can really run them, you know, our, our happiness suffers from that. Um, y'all also talked about, like, intuition and what's the difference between, like, the chatter in your head. And I'm a spiritual person, so I believe that intuition can stand on its own. It's a voice that can stand on its own, um, whereas the chatter is linked to something else. Like, when you investigate it, um, it's linked to shame or it's linked to um, your image about or those unwanted identities that you don't want anybody else to, to notice or whatever. Um, and then Shanti asked, uh, what if you can't think your way out of it? Um, my therapist has also given me this, um, and that's radical acceptance. Like sometimes we can brainstorm, but it doesn't like it doesn't make it doesn't do you any good. That is so embarrassing. I got cut off, but uh, just really quick, um, it's radical acceptance. I think uh, I think you, you're right, Ashanti. Uh, Shanti, when you said um, that sometimes we just have to sit in it and we soothe it, like because our feelings, you know, they're guests. But they come with messages. They come with, you know, art. Uh, and so how I interrogate those those feelings is, you know, um, am I feeling shame? Was one uh, was is what I'm feeling a portal of shame? Um, is is it, am I going against my values with what I'm saying to myself? That type of thing. Um, and really understanding what where those uh, where those voices are coming from and squeezing the juices out of um, those feelings. Um, but anyway, like, like I was saying, um, I think that we abandon ourselves and the only way we free ourselves is um, by following our core values. Um, I do think that we, you know, life is disappointment, but it's also goodness too. Um it's sour and it's sweet, you know. Y'all talk about, you know, duality is everything. So um, I do believe in that. But sometimes it's just, you know, we are managing misery, and but we're learning from something. We're learning from that and how we grow and how we do that. And I think, you know, our core values are like our lighthouse. And if we can just follow those, I think that we'll be all right. Anyway, love you guys. Um, yeah, I hope y'all have a lovely day. Um, thank you for giving me my time. Right, bye. I love that. Yeah. The, that was very rich. It was. Very rich. Thank you thank for that. You. We ain't even had to pay for it, King. Wow. Joe? Um, yeah. Lots to unpack there. Love you too. I um I wrote down earlier when I heard that 
because uh, I'm starting to feel these bitches because I don't want nobody saying that crazy. But um, <laughs> I wrote down radical acceptance in big, bold letters. And I started to, like, cry because I remember I rem- in the moment I had felt something all day. And I don't know what it was, but it was a deep, I don't know where it was stemming from, rather, but it was a deep, um, uh, not dismissal, a rejection of myself. Today? Mm -hmm. All day, Mm -hmm. I felt like that. And and then when when they said that, I just remember writing it down and just crying and being like, how do you do that though? I think I got to get back into therapy, but radical acceptance is, is something that I think I'm just going to put around the house and figure out what that looks like for me. And I think also the core values, um, maybe I'm not radically accepting myself because maybe there are ways that I'm going against my core values. Mm. And I'm in conflict with myself, mm. maybe, possibly. <laughs> so things to explore. More happiness on around the way, girls. More <laughs> exciting, <laughs> inspiring, <laughs> encouraging affirmations. Yeah. No, I think it's real. No, I think that's the realest shit. I think this is the bolt. This is the journey that you're talking about. Like, this is it. Uh-huh. This is it. This is it. And I think that um, it's kind of like when you're doing a a wall. What's that called? Oh, when you have your arms out, a wall squat. Mm-hmm. You know, when you put your back against the wall and you bend your knees and you put your hands out. And kind of like accepting. that That's what radical acceptance often feels like it hurts it's painful you want it to end stop but like you're building something you're building something else you're building a strength somewhere else and the buddhists say the more that you hold these hard parts the more it it softens you in a way too it like it it opens up your capacity your heart in a way that that feels very contradictory and very vulnerable and very scary um but that's the work you can't this that is the work of just breathing either it's breathing through it it's i don't know i don't know girl shit but we well i know we won't see i I know one thing we have to take a break so we first thank you to all of the callers please if you have advice, if you have questions, if you have unpopular opinions, please call us at 215-948-2780. That is 215-948-2780. And when we get back, we're going to get into our main topic, which um, is I'm very inspired by, and it's empathy and what that looks empathy, like and what empathy, that means. Empathy. So, Shani? After these messages, we'll be right back. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we are back. So, do you know Masterclass? Yes. Okay, so my job gifted us Masterclass for a year, a subscription, each person in the company. Mm. And so the other day I realized, like, oh, shit, I need to use that. Excuse me. That's terrible. And um, the first thing that popped up was the power of empathy. And I said, well, this sounds like something I'd be into, gosh darn it. And it's actually from Pharrell. Pharrell is... The, the master teacher and he enlists the help of like other folks. I don't remember their names, but I know the bull with the, what's his name? Cornell West was another one. Very interesting. Cornell West was uh, talking about. Empathy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it. See what you got to understand uh-huh. is the manifestation of the. Yeah, very much. <laughs> but Pharrell was really thoughtful with how he was talking about empathy. And so I think something that I've been experiencing and you actually had this as a topic <laughs> and we could talk, we could bring it up now, but how people drive says a lot about them. And as I drive in the city, I get really upset and disheartened when I see certain actions. And I think that it is directly related to their lack of empathy and care for one another. For instance, the double parking in Flatbush. It's a sin. People just don't care. They will literally park their car, get out for the night right next to your car. And if you have an emergency, good luck. There are signs on people's cars saying, please do not park me in. When people are honking the way they do, the soundscapes of New York outside my window all day and night, it's just this frustration, this anger, this angst of like, be like, why are y'all like that? When you drive out in the middle of the intersection and you just, because you didn't want to wait at the light, 
you felt like you needed to be able to make this light and now you're causing traffic for everyone else. I can see how this might not yet relate to empathy with folks, but to me, it makes me think that we have a lack of humanity. We don't have consideration of other people. And it's so evident in our everyday lives from how we respond at the grocery store, from when you're on the subway and it's time to get on the train or off the train. Like, it's just this mad rush of just self, self, self. And I think that that's why we're slowly dying as a people. <laughs> Truly. Mm. Truly. And empathy is, is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And he goes on to say it's the foundation for connection. It goes to the root of humanity. Empathy is the vehicle to self-awareness, which I, I was like, holy shit. That's interesting. And Pharrell says the self-awareness is essentially you saying, you realizing and recognizing I am a part of something bigger than myself. And I think that we really move through life forgetting that somehow. And I think part of it, it's social media. It's, self-promotion, self this, self that, positive shit don't slap. It's all that kind of stuff that we've fed ourselves. Like how, how often am I, am I, I had to ask myself, like how often am I wrapped up in just me? How often am I, am, am I only thinking about my own shit and I'm forgetting about interconnectivity and like humanity and everyone else. And I think I do an okay job at it. But I think that there's room that all of us can grow. And so I also want to say before I, I'll get off my soapbox, but like empathy and sympathy are different things. Like sympathy is when you feel sorry for somebody. Empathy is when you see them. And even if you don't agree with them or fully understand where they're coming from, but you, you, you try to understand why? So examples of empathy are like being in a relationship with someone and they've done you wrong. You don't have to accept the behavior, but humanize them in a way where it's like, wow, what happened to you? What caused this in you? What's going on with you that you act like this? Empathy is also during the pandemic when we were chastising people for hoarding supplies and toilet paper it was like, well, what if, what's going on with that person? Maybe that's the only way they can actually make money. Maybe they actually lost their job. So they're about, to, it doesn't make it right, but maybe they lost their jobs. And so they're only thinking about self. They're not thinking about everyone else. Empathy, like there's just so many ways in which we can take a step back and try to understand someone. And I'm not sure that any of us are really practicing that fully. Hmm. What about you? Like, what what are your thoughts? Do you think about this throughout the day? I I feel like empathy is connected to compassion. Yes. Right. Like they're they're one and the same. And I think that you know, I think every all of that is rooted in how people treat themselves and see themselves and like navigate their the work that they do with themselves. Um, I think it's really 
I think the idea of people thinking about themselves is not rooted in self real self awareness though of themselves and what their needs are and what what real connection is um, unpack that more I think for look um I'll give an example of for us mm-hmm. something would happen say I was supposed to, or I said, what's the example? You, you did something. You did something. You, you handled a responsibility. And you mentioned to me, like, oh, you didn't even say thank you for handling that responsibility. And I was so wrapped up in my own sense of trying to protect myself in a particular way, trying to be on the defense, not really um, present with, with myself, not really present. I was just kind of like in a defense mode and not able to like really sit with whatever feelings that I was feeling that I couldn't, really see you in that moment and be like oh my god that was like I didn't even it wasn't even in my mind to be like oh she she just wanted she's looking you know to be like seen like for thank you for something but I think if people are really sitting in them with them themselves and like not revved up in their own negative self talk and their own negative practices and they could be more compassionate with themselves and they can offer it they they can see it in other people more clearly you know I think everybody's just kind of like on a defense everybody's just kind of like trying to protect themselves in a way and don't offer themselves they don't soften with themselves so it's how do they expect to like soften or see or really feel other people, you know, like, yeah. It's like the antithesis to me of empathy is like judgment, bullheadedness, like ego and, and selfishness. And even in defensiveness is a good, is a good one as well. I think that oftentimes all of those things are attributed to survival, right? is Mm. self-preservation and that brings me back to like what tragedy happened to us that we are this way that we don't we don't recognize that to get closer to ourselves is to also get closer to others is to how do you humanize yourself if you aren't in touch with humans if you can't see anything clearly But I will also say that some of that kind of selfishness and ego and I guess savagery, right, is also a slumber. It's also a state, I think, like a mindset state. I think that we've fallen into that where it's a trance almost where we are 
willfully neglecting <laughs> um, parts of ourselves that see each other because it's easier not to. So we think. Because I I don't know how many people really recognize the fact that they are disconnected from themselves because they're disconnected from everyone else. And that doesn't mean that you have to be like, when I say disconnected from other people, again, it means like seeing them and acknowledging that, that they count, that their, their experience, their human experience counts for something. How can they how can they do that if they don't do that with themselves? Like, but it's, I feel like it's, it's the like the reverse. chicken or the it's egg. Like, well, I don't. Yeah, I feel like you do it first. I think I, you how practice can that with you? yourself. How can, I don't know how you can do that. I, I, I think that it can happen simultaneously. Mm. I think that you take mm. the time to be present yeah. and yeah. to just recognize everyone's human. And so when you make a mistake or if you do something great or whatever it is, that you see it fully when you, or it, it doesn't even have to be a mistake. It doesn't have to be outcome driven. It could be your way of thinking. It's, mm-hmm. it's, we get on Mr. Van Jones quite a bit <laughs> about his ability to go and have these conversations and humanize people who seemingly hate him based off of really terrible, fucked up stereotypes and prejudice. But I almost am questioning myself on that because I think he he has empathy for them. I don't think he agrees with them. Or let's not talk about him because he's very controversial. But someone who can do that. That's good. I think that's a perfect person to talk about. But someone who can do that. Someone who can see it and say, hmm, I see why you feel that way. That's not my truth. I still think it's horrible. But I see the what was happening within you that caused this. And I think the more we put that into practice, the more thoughtful we are in our everyday lives. And it goes well beyond just our um, personal interactions. It's also our institutions. It's our parenting. It's leadership. It's like I, on my resume, I, you don't know how many times when I send it out to people to check or to get an opinion on, they say, you can take that out. And it says empathetic leader. You can take that out. And I'm like, no, cause that's really important. It's really mm-hmm. important to be able to say like, I know that this person is not, this human resource is a human first and not a resource. And I can guide my team to see them as such. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that examples, another example, like empathy also allows there to be equity. How can it, without empathy, then it's just equality. And we all know that equality mm-hmm. is not enough in this world, mm-hmm. in the, especially in this country. You know, not when somebody's 10 paces back and then you're just going to be like, okay, I'll give you equal amount of time to get running. I'm 10 paces back with a fucking limp. I need a head start. Mm-hmm. But it take, it requires empathy and care. 
to see but that. I feel like that's the antithesis of the way that this country, the way the West functions, the way the world now has is functioning. Right. And like, I feel like that's the only way this shit is going to change if people do, if, if people become more compassionate and empathetic with themselves and other people. But I also, I, yeah, and I, that's such a great point. I, I love that point. I also think about my time in Bali and I, and I, and I still have not put it, put, put the, put the word, put the right words to what the feeling was there. But I think that empathy and compassion is a, is a part of what I was feeling there, how everything was in service to, to another human being because it was a mm. reflection of God. They mm. were a reflection of God and they, and they take it very seriously. So how could I serve you food? That's not beautiful. That doesn't taste delicious. If I am supposed to be a reflection of God, if I'm supposed to be operating in that way, how could you work all day? Right. And not be cared for and not be greeted how could I objectify you because you have this dress on? You know, like everything was just very, and I'm sure that that's not always the case and there's tourist privilege and all that. But there was a vibration there that was very different. And I think it has something to do with that, with that collective connection to care and consideration. And it's really missing. It's really missing here. And I think I might be feeling that as well because while I'm very grateful to work remotely, it's very hard to get that through a screen when you're, you know, mm -hmm. in a space with your cat all day. There's a disconnect mm -hmm. happening. And then all you hear are the blaring horns and the anger and the selfishness. That's how my mind reads it. And I'm realizing how sensitive I actually am to it. And I'm like, this mm. is not, this is not humanity. Like this is, this is absurd. This is crazy. And so I think I'm, I'm go ahead. You were going to say something. How do you, how do we respond to the lack of empathy that, with empathy? I think you have to, those people honking their horns and, and, and I'm not, I am not <laughs> by any means um, someone who, who is able to do this all the time. Uh, but what the hell's going on with you? You're a victim to this shit too. You're in this rat race. Maybe your rent was just fucking raised. Maybe you're sick of the horns too. And you're pissed. I don't know. Maybe your stomach hurts. You have somewhere to be. You can't control. That's a great way to put it. How do you respond to it? Because you can't control it. Mm -mm. Right. You can only control your response to it. But I think, if we were to respond to it in a way that was empathetic, that something might shift. You know, it was like when that woman hit my car and she got out the car and was ready to fight me. And I was looking at her and I was like, and, but she had tears in her eyes and her friend, do you remember this story? She backed up mm -hmm. into my car and I was like, what is going on with you? Like what, what is, Cause it's not about me. You hit my car. <laughs> like it's not about me. And I'm literally came to you. and was like, Hey, you just hit my car as calmly as possible. This is not about me. And she wept 
in my fucking arms. And that could have went really differently, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. of that, you know, I don't know if you can do it. If somebody calls your mom, like a, what's she call her mom? A dirty, a dirty bitch. That's tricky, (laughs) but there are ways to do it. So I I think I asked the question, how do we practice empathy more in our daily lives? And I challenge every around the way curls listener to do that. And this might sound sappy and it might be like some shit that people don't saccharine <laughs> that people don't fuck with. But like we have to do it because we're hardening in a way that it's not sustain. We're going to crack. We're really going to crack. I love the, um, I love the rituals of, I don't know enough about Christianity, but I love the rituals in Eastern religion. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a religious person that it, the rituals can easily become dogmatic, but I think the words, Shanti Benri and y'all In the same way that like, you know, if you want to strengthen your, your muscles, you, you know that you're going to do a curl. You know what I mean? You don't have to like, you have this exercise that you know, like, oh, I'm going to practice this. And if I practice this every day, I'm going to do a curl. I think it's really dope that these religions, these Eastern philosophies, whether it be Buddhism, whether it be, you know, forms of Hinduism, whatever, they have these mantras that you can practice. They have these mindfulness practices. And so, I thought it would be nice. Sharon mm. um, Salzberg, real love. This is a real ass nigga. A, like, yeah. she's such a sweet woman and she real practices. Love is the book, y'all, if you can't see. Buddhism. She inspired, this book has also um, inspired, uh, what's the Bell Hooks book? Love. It's inspired by um, All About Love. No, All About Love. Uh, Bell Hooks has read, th- has followed Sharon Salzberg and has a lot of like inspiration from this book. Didn't that come out before uh, All About Love? Or excuse me, after All I About Love? I don't think so. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Oh, wow. Or I, maybe it's not this book, but Sharon Salzberg okay. is somebody that Bell Hooks has fucked with for a long time. But she talks, um, she talks about what we can do to practice loving kindness for someone that we find difficult and she has a meditation. So it's like a ritual, something that when these things come up, when you're in the car or in your relationships that you can turn to, like you would for flexing your muscle. So you don't have to think through it. You just like, all right, this is, this is what I do. And she goes to say, offering loving kindness to others who have behaved badly doesn't mean that we condone their actions or that we're trying to pretend it doesn't matter. It may matter very much, but we can have the courage and the willingness to open, to remember the potential of change, to realize that we ourselves are freed by wishing them well. Mm. We don't begin right away with the person who, oh, she says, you usually begin with someone who is only mildly difficult for us, somebody we can, someone we find somewhat annoying or irritating, or someone we're a little bit afraid of. We don't begin right away with the person who has hurt us the most in this life. It's common to feel resentment and anger, even toward a mildly difficult, difficult person. But we undertake this practice in spirit of adventure. So if there's a difficult person that comes to mind, you can visualize them, say their name, see what happens as you offer the phrases of loving kindness to them. Phrases like, may you be safe, may you be happy, 
May you be healthy. May you live with ease. And so there's like these, those are just like four words that can move that anger or that frustration or resentment towards a different emotion and just just like you said changing the vibration and offering them more openness and and compassion and empathy and i think that you know if people if if that's like your practice and you're really doing it and like especially if there's people intimate to you that you know what they're struggling like you know whatever their the shit is that gets on your nerves or that you're having issues in your relationship with then making those those affirmations and those blessings basically to them and to your relationships more specific feels like a tool out the toolbox versus being like, I don't know what to say. It's like, Oh no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to write out these phrases specific to this difficult person or this circumstance and bless it every day. So I, again, I invite and I challenge we invite and challenge all the around the way curls listeners. Somebody calls your mom. What's she call her? A dirty bitch. What's she call a her? A dirty bitch. A girl. dirty bitch. <laughs> your partner calls your mom a dirty bitch who you know. Step back. Wish them ease. Mm-hmm. Wish them love. Maybe mm. they're projecting. Maybe their mom was a dirty bitch. Oh, you never and know. that that could bring me to tears. Yes, I'm Antoinette. S- I'm serious. It's for real. <laughs> I'm serious. For real. It's tricky. So I, we encourage you. Every, Shanti, the next time somebody calls you Shante, a Shanti or Shanti or Shane. Shane. Pray for them lovingly lovingly tell them what your fucking name is how to pronounce it and then don't get angry humanize them maybe they have a speech impediment maybe they can't read that well maybe they don't care enough but you you are only in control of you queen and i think that that energy of you doing a squat against the wall it's probably that same feeling mm. that that's the energy that you're saying these prayers with. It ain't, it's going to hurt. Yes, it ain't going to feel natural. You're going to be like, this ain't natural. <laughs> My body should not be doing these <laughs> things. My heart should not be softening in this way. This shit ain't right. Everything's on fire. I, I'm everything's burning. on fire. I don't know if I can continue doing yes. this. And that's when you deepen your squat. And then that booty be squat. popping and that heart be opening. And then you be like, oh, my God, this, this spiritual shit really worked. Speaking Alexa of violence Carol. and mayhem. How does she think I said her name? You know what? Compassion for Alexa. Compassion I, for the government. I don't know how that happened. But that is tricky. Anyway, I think that's it. That's all I really wanted to say. I think I'm in my emo mood. Cancer season is upon us. Your moon's in and cancer. And my moon is in cancer. And I'm finna go cry right now. So humanize me as you get these sappy ass episodes. Saccharine. For the next yes. four weeks. <laughs> Shout out to Pharrell. That's why that nigga looks so good. He, he out here empathizing you, with motherfuckers. He, what was really interesting was he said he could have never done happy the song. Because I'm happy. He was like, I could have never done that if 
I was to do that, if that, if that was for me, as soon as I was asked to do that song for the film and it was in service to others and children, and everything else, that's how that came out of me. He said, I did that song before I did an NERD song called happy and it was not nearly as good, but as soon as I put some, I thought about someone else and something else and was in service to something else. That's when that came to be. He was like, my whole career, I thought my whole career was about me and it has nothing to do Mm. with me Mm. at all. It has everything to do with Mm. everyone else. Mm. Interesting. Uh, We should talk about that. I have interesting thoughts about that, but, um, all right, let me write that down. Service. Service. All right, y'all. Y'all be blessed. Be empathetic. Have a great week. You're also getting a bonus episode next week. Getting a bonus episode on Monday. So stay tuned for that. Anything else, Shani? Nah, that's it. That's it, kings and queens and non-binary folks. We are royalty. (laughs) Right, royalty. We're out. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. They go to Yaiwa, they're sticking like glue. Blinks in green while they're plotting for you.